It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. With dozens of human space flights, rocket launches, and space companies becoming publicly traded stocks, the new space race is on. But who stands to benefit from the profits beyond our atmosphere? Which billionaire is primed to win the commercial space competition? In conversation with mega moguls, industry leaders, and key policymakers, I'll break down what you need to know as sci-fi fantasy now becomes reality. I'm Morgan Brennan, and this is Manifest Space. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition and liftoff. Going to space takes money, a lot of it, at least for now. Which is why the pioneers of this new commercially driven space race are billionaires, deep-pocketed, risk-taking entrepreneurs who made their fortunes in other endeavors before setting sights on a lifelong vision, making humanity a spacefaring species. Everyone's going about it a little bit differently, though. Elon Musk wants to colonize Mars. Richard Branson wants to make space travel as commonplace as air travel. And Jeff Bezos envisions a world of orbiting habitats, removing the industrial burden from Earth. And one, two, three, four, five. It's a vision he laid out to me just after his history-making Blue Origin spaceflight with Brother Mark and two other passengers last July. Congratulations, guys. What a momentous day. Uh, I know, certainly, we were so excited to see this entire flight happen from the ground. It was incredible. Um, I, I, I'm curious, and, and now we can add astronaut to the long list of accomplishments for both of you, but... Yeah! <laughs> the fact that this is a lifelong dream now realized, uh, the success of this mission, what does that mean for you, and what does it also mean for this company that you have built and funded, Blue Origin? Well, this, so this is the... This is the first step. This is a tiny little step of what Blue Origin is going to do. And what we're really trying to do is build reusable space vehicles. It's the only way to build a road to space. And we need to build a road to space so that our children can build the future. And what that's all about is we, this planet, and you can see it. When we're up there, you see how tiny this planet's atmosphere is. You know, here it seems big. You look around, it's all around you, and it's support, but it's really the small thing supporting all life. So, so we need to take all polluting industry, all heavy industry, and move it off Earth. This is going to take many decades. But that's what we can do if we have reusable space vehicles. And so this, is, this suborbital tourism mission lets us practice that. So we need to do that over and over and over and get as good at running space vehicles as we are as a civilization at running commercial airliners. And then we can have you know, this dynamic civilization of the future, a better world for all of our kids. Yeah, I mean, just to dig into that a, a little bit more as well, I mean, you're an innovator. You're known throughout the business world for quite literally revolutionizing the way people live on a daily basis. So how does that process, I, I guess, carry out or, or, or manifest over the coming decades uh, from a space perspective? Well, it, 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 the, there's New Shepard, which is what Alan Shepard did. And the next thing we're working on is called New Glenn. And New Glenn is a reusable uh, vehicle for orbital space travel. So that's the very next step uh, as far as Blue Origin is concerned. 
And really, though, we need to build the infrastructure. You know, when Amazon started, we didn't have to build a package delivery network. It already existed. That was infrastructure. And if you want to be a space entrepreneur today, uh, you have to do everything from the very beginning. There's no real infrastructure that's at an affordable cost. So that's what we have to do is build that kind of infrastructure, and then future generations will get to rest on top of it. It's a bold vision. It's an ambitious vision. How much of your... It's also fun. And it's fun. <laughs> we had so much fun today. But I'm curious, how much of your time are you now dedicating to this vision? Well, I have, uh, since I stepped down as the CEO of Amazon, I have a lot of time to dedicate to this vision. So I'm going to split my time between this and the Bezos Earth Fund, which is the uh, Climate Sustainability Foundation. Okay, let's get to the fun stuff. Best part of this flight. Best part? That's uh, all of it, yes? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> As I said, I, I, I think my favorite part was the first 11 minutes of the, of the flight. We're, basically from launch tell, to landing. Tell what you told me in the car about zero G. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought I that think, was well said. It was, I, I was surprised, once we, once we were in zero G, I was surprised at how effortless it was to move around, how naturally it came. Uh, I thought that it would be a little more awkward and I'd be flailing around a little more, but it was really just incredibly natural just to move around. It felt. It almost felt like we were evolved. I I know. It, it, it was, was weird. It felt so comfortable and natural and not alien and yeah. uh, beautiful, yeah. floating, free. Mm. Okay. Are you going okay. to do it again? Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> and of course, Bezos wasn't the only founder to ride his company's creation to space. Sir Richard Branson also made history last July on board Virgin Galactic's Unity spaceship. I caught up with him right after landing as well. Was it everything you envisioned it would be? Everything I'd envisioned it would be, and a thousand times better. I mean, it's absolutely impossible to describe it, you know, to describe it unless you're actually doing it. And, and, and I hope we can get thousands and thousands of people to be able to experience what we experienced today. Uh, and it was fun. I mean, it was just <laughs> an extraordinary, an extraordinary experience. And more recently, in December, Sir Richard's other space company, small rocket maker Virgin Orbit, began trading publicly as well. Do you know, I honestly uh, don't worry whether stocks go up or down. What I do worry about is that we have the best team of people in our companies uh, and that they deliver in in incredible uh, businesses. And if they do that, uh, then you'll find that the stock markets will follow. Uh, you know, that's, that's what we need to do. We need to prove, you know, prove to people that, that we've, we've got something extraordinary and exceptional that we have and that we that our wonderful teams will prove. Look, I think it, it's uh, been the most exciting year, as you said, for space uh, in, in, you know, in many, many, many decades. Um, and, uh, and I think each of the companies who are involved in uh, space will, will, will go from strength to strength. I mean, we, the amount of people who've signed up since my flight to go to space uh, with Virgin Galactic has been extraordinary, um, and um, and I think that once uh, you know we have the have the spaceships ready and the, the mothership ready, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be very 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 exciting uh, year, year ahead. But it isn't just the Bezos or Bransons of the world working to make spaceflight more mainstream. Take Jared Isaacman, the billionaire founder of payments processor Shift Four, while negotiating a business deal with SpaceX. He mentioned his interest in traveling to space with Elon Musk's company. And it happened. A chance to fly in a Dragon capsule in what would, last September, become the first ever all-civilian mission to orbital space. 
a three-day trip that would raise hundreds of millions of dollars for St. Jude Children's Hospital and go from crew selection to liftoff in a stunningly short six-month time span. We have a real obligation to address some of the problems we have here on Earth, which is why St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is such a big part of our mission. But we can invest a small percentage to go out and satisfy that curiosity we've had since the beginning of humankind. I mean, that's the biggest thing I took away from orbit. Earth is incredible, um, and we have real responsibilities towards it. Um, but, but space is enormous, uh, and we've got to get out there and explore and search for those answers that, um, you know, that we've been thinking about since the beginning of humankind. We still know that uh, space, especially orbital space flight, is expensive right now. So um, that means every mission, until costs come down and we can open up even further, which is the game plan, um, is special, um, and it should have a very meaningful impact on the world. Uh, and I hope Inspiration4 is a model of that on balancing some of the things that we can accomplish here on Earth with inspiring people towards what's possible and you know, the world's beyond ours. I've been covering this beat for years now. I meet a lot of people. I hear a lot of big ideas. And since, well, it is rocket science, it's not always easy to capture those thoughts in a fast-paced television interview. That's where this podcast comes in. Take Fatty and Aaron Osman, Turkish immigrants, husband and wife, who built Sierra Nevada Corporation into a defense industry powerhouse post-bankruptcy. While perhaps not as well-known, the billionaire duo has been steadfastly investing in space with multi-billion dollar bets for years, standing up Sierra Space, contracting with NASA, and now preparing to see their strategy pay off. Our plan is to make space more accessible and open a space business park. So we want to be the largest real estate developer in space with our partner Blue Origin. So this investment is going to be really very critical for us to accelerate uh, making that happen. Yeah, it is indeed a significant milestone for us. We are very excited to welcome these uh, investors that are uh, really experienced and, and uh, they know this business. So it also validates our vision, our credibility, and all the exciting opportunities ahead. So we can't way to go to the next step. So I do want to get into both Dream Chaser and the Habitats. Um, but first, do you feel like we've reached a tipping point for this emerging commercial space economy? Yeah, it's indeed a tipping point because when you look to see what's happening, the Blue Origin and SpaceX and these major milestones going to space in, in parallel with that, what is happening internationally on the national security front as well, the, you know, China's uh, uh, actions and Russia's latest uh, crisis with the ASAT uh, anti-satellite satellite, uh, test that uh, really created a lot of debris. So across the board, both for space economy and also our security, it's a very tipping point, I think. So that's why it's important to have the right companies at the right scale to look at this problem in a more holistic manner across the board to be able to bring integrated solutions and, and, and answers that really doesn't exist today. Mm. And, and perhaps the space plane dream chaser captures that, I guess, three-pronged approach uh, really well, this idea of commercial, civil, uh, and national security space, because you're working on three different iterations um, right. of this space plane. I know the cargo iteration is the one that will fly first. Are we still on track for 2022 for the maiden flight? Certainly, and yes. those next year. Yes, late next year, and then we are uh, uh, we are building the third Dream Chaser right now. We are going to build more with this uh, the funding coming in. But uh, yes, that first flight will be definitely very important. 
But we also have a crew version, the design already started. As you know, we were ahead uh, several years ago. We, had a, we still have an ongoing contract on the crew Dream Chaser, and we want to jump back in the competition in a few years to build the next generation because there's nothing like landing in an airport, right? Uh, splashing a capsule in the ocean or a desert, it really limits your access uh, because we want to have a global access to the uh, to the space economy and only airplane that can land across thousands of runways across the globe is dream chaser so given that capability uh, and uh, coupled with the green field that we have which is also makes it very easy commercially operational uh, um, capability uh, we are very excited i, I think uh, you're going to see a lot of new things happening in the next year or two mm. and just to dig more into the space habitat opportunity, I mean, you mentioned partnering with Blue Origin uh, and a, a number of others for the orbital reef space station uh, for low Earth orbit. And of course, we're having that conversation as the International Space Station is poised to be retired before the end of the decade. How great is the opportunity around space stations, whether it is in low Earth orbit or, or in other areas of space? Yeah, as you know, uh, we are already working with NASA uh, on our uh, life habitat. So this investment is going to significantly accelerate our life habitat, which right now we are going through uh, uh, undergoing testing at uh, uh, NASA's Kennedy Space Center. And as you know, our uh, habitat uh, flies all the way to Moon and Mars, and it actually can land uh, and stay on the uh, both uh, Moon and Mars. So we are really excited about what can we do with uh, life habitat now that the uh, requirements are accelerating both with the uh, uh, space station aging, and there's a lot of pressure to just put a new space station up that really gives us a very significant opportunity with something that we have been working with NASA for a long time. And also building the partnership with uh, Blue Origin is uh, very, very powerful for us, uh, for us to make that happen together. You just mentioned Starship, which is what SpaceX is developing and working on right now. Um, do you think that'll be a game changer? And I guess just as importantly, how do you decide which companies to partner with? So we are on to the next generation of competition right now because we are going to have many more launches. We expect 50 to 100 more missions in the next 10 years. So we are really gonna, we wanna be rocket agnostic so we can launch across the board, but everybody has a different value. Starship definitely is a game changer that once they get there, I think, it's going to give us a lot of additional capabilities and, and, and possibilities. Uh, New Glenn is, is around the corner. Vulcan is definitely making great progress. We are uh, optimistic that we are going to fly on that uh, first. So we have a lot of options, which is the good thing about our, our solution. We are not relying on a single particular vehicle. Yeah, hmm. I think we see uh, SpaceX and Blue Origin uh, very complementary to our plans, our future plans and how we can partner for different missions, different uh, uh, programs with both of them uh, individually. So we are excited that they are developing uh, very advanced technologies that are really making space uh, more accessible and affordable. So that really helps us to partner with them. I mean, we know Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. We know Jeff Bezos wants to colonize low Earth orbit. What do the Osmonds want to do? Our goal is to make this uh, accessible to the global scale. So democratize access to space. And usually people think about access to space in one way going up. We want to be able to have access to space coming down too. Like I said, uh, we have a 
uh, access around the world to thousands of airports, the commercial airports where a 737 can land. So right now we have a mission, for instance, United Nations, more than 80 countries are interested. They send their uh, papers and they want to do a mission with us. So I, I think that global scale access is going to be very important. It's not just buy a ticket, fly in the U.S. soil and land the U.S. soil, which is great. We want to do more of that. These are just a few of the types of guests you can expect on this podcast. Think of it as your investor's guide to the galaxy. As I travel across the country to capture rocket launches. Vehicles pitching downrange. Go inside factories and walk production lines. And speak with astronauts as they mark new milestones for humanity. The International Space Station has you loud and clear. Join me as I chat one-on-one with the visionaries, investors, and explorers enabling this new space age and how it will manifest for generations to come. You know, space is uh, transformative for things back here on Earth. I mean, I think for the first few years, um, uh, it's going to be expensive because we've got a lot of bills to pay. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who would be willing to pay it. Um, but uh, um, in the years to come, as we get more and more spaceships, um, we, we, the price will, will come down. Um, so what I'm hoping is that we can actually get uh, you know, tens, if not hundreds of people to be able to go to space who could never have dreamt of being able to go to space. Manifest Space is a CNBC production. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss our next launch. And if you liked this podcast, please leave us a review and spread the word. For more on the space race, be sure to watch Squawk on the Street on CNBC. I'm Morgan Brennan, and this is Manifest Space. Thanks for listening. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.